Like I, like I've t- told some friends and stuff, but I had to really um, grieve my identity actually, which I think a lot of people go through after they have the baby. Yep. You know, men especially, like Griffo's just been through that. Um, but for me, I really grieved my oh my God, like, how am I going to be a radio presenter? How am I going to do this? I was going to write a book this year. Da, 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 da. Like, how am I going to, I don't know, like, you know, all this shit going through my head. Like, I don't want to be a mummy blogger. <laughs> Here I am, mummy blogger. Um, like, all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? So, I was fully, like, a crazy mess for the first few months. And like I said, didn't let anyone talk about it. His parents like, went to congratulate us when we got back from the honeymoon. And I was like, don't say it. And it probably took me maybe until I was about week 16 that I announced it and everything that I really started to accept that this was going to be my life now. What is up, beautiful people? I am Lachlan Samuel, and this is the Open Up Podcast, the show that is making mental health mainstream. The way we do that is we interview people about the deepest, darkest, most traumatic and challenging moments and periods of their life. We go over what they went through, how they overcome it, any tips, tools and tactics that they use to do so, any lessons that they've taken away from that period in their life, and then where they're at now, how they've turned that pain into purpose. All I can say is that I'm just truly, truly grateful. And I absolutely believe that together, me and you, and the sharing of these stories, we will make mental health mainstream. Let's go. Welcome back to the Open Up Podcast and to episode 109 with Heidi Anderson. Thank you for taking the time to do this. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. Because what, this is round two for us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And last time was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> so you just started out in podcasting, That was, hey? I think that was episode 14. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, well, I think I ended up speaking for two hours. You were at my house. Yeah. I remember we were sat like on the floor in the lounge room and you were just so thankful and I was like no I'm thankful for you for you know for your mental health um being so open and your journey and like I always feel like very like privileged to be asked to come on something that someone's you know this is their passion and they want me to be a part of their passion like even driving here today I was so excited (laughs) because this is the first time I've done anything since I've had my baby who is five months on February 5th who is like insta famous yeah little memphis <laughs> and people are like was he made in memphis because we were in the states when i found out i was pregnant no he wasn't we never went to memphis but i loved the name that's so such much. a good name well it means love and enduring actually what yeah and it's a really strong male name and i don't know if you know this but back in the ancient egyptian times or whatever the capital was memphis and so it's got a beautiful history behind the name. And then when I, the song, Walking in Memphis, it reminds me of my nan, because it was about Elvis. And when I heard it a couple of times on the radio, I was like, I'm gonna Google what Memphis means. And then I did, and it said strong man name. And I was like, that's our baby's name. That's awesome. And Griffo loved it as well. That's my husband, by the way. So he has to have a mustache at some point. I just picture Memphis. No, don't say that. That means he's old. (laughs) I can't. I don't want him to grow. Like he's already five months and I just don't want him to grow. Like I can understand why people get addicted to having babies because they are so cute. My daughter's first day of school today. (gasps) What are you doing here with me? It's hard. Well, she's gone to school already. Oh, did you say goodbye to her? Did you take her to school? No. (gasps) 
oh my god you must have felt so like oh there's my little baby all grown up <laughs> yeah oh. it's hard it's hard watching them how old is she uh she's so is it pre-kindy here yeah, yeah so four. four years old <gasps> yeah oh my gosh what like what did you say to her like, did you just give her some words? a good day just said you're oh. gonna enjoy it oh made her do her affirmations and that's it so do you make her do affirmations every yeah. day so now she goes, anytime she does something, she's fast. She's like, Daddy, I'm so fast, or I'm so beautiful. I'm so strong. It's oh my like, God, yes. I love that. What's her name? Angel Rain. Angel Rain. Yeah. Shut up. That is such a cool name. <laughs> I love that. Oh. All right. Okay, Tangent sorry. Over. <laughs> yeah, shit. That's why we spoke for two hours yep. last time. Um, quick um, question, but before we start, yes. am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, by the way. No, just joking. <laughs> uh, first question. Yes. Could you please describe the way that you view yourself as a woman and or human? Oh, um, well, <laughs> some people would call me crazy. Um, I'm mental. <laughs> Mentally challenged for all of the good reasons and all of the bad reasons. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think as I get older, I'm mentaler. Um, but I don't see being, um, having a mental illness or anything like that as a negativity anymore. Like I feel like I have accepted that part of me and so that I can take the piss out of that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but it's taken me a long time to understand myself. Um, so as a woman, I see myself as a little bit crazy, a little bit mental, definitely fun. I can be, um, very insecure. I can be, um, I can be in my head because of the mental. Um, I think I'm a really kind, caring person. And sometimes I think it was like, I did Big Brother, by the way. And I remember they asked me a question like, how would you describe yourself? And I think I described myself as this, but I think it's so relevant. A caramello koala. So I'm really soft on the inside, which a lot of people don't see sometimes. And I'm hard on the outside, but also really tasty. <laughs> Shout out to Griffo. <laughs> hey, you went there, not me. <laughs> you were thinking it. You said it. Oh, by the way, if you start to see sweat dripping off me, oh, like for the camera people, that's, you know, welcome. you're welcome. <laughs> um, we're going to dive straight into your story and yeah. into pregnancy and yes. then all of the challenges, challenges you've been through throughout yep. that pregnancy and then moving on. To yeah. Now. Awesome. So, I mean, well, for me, like pregnancy is, was by far one of the hardest things I ever did, but I also really miss it. And I also am so grateful for what it's taught me, you know? And I think even just having Memphis, he's five months old, like I said, in a couple of days, he has been my greatest teacher and he's five months. Shit, I'm going to get emotional today. <laughs> That's all right. Because this is my first thing that I've done. Did I say that already? Yeah. Yeah. Like... So if this is a big deal. How, what was it like for you when, I was going to say diagnosed, but that's totally <laughs> the wrong word. Diagnosed with being pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> when you found out. When I found out. So the funny thing was. Um, and I need to frame that by saying because you had a career. Yes. You were doing really, really well. In yes. It. Yep. Um, so I've, I'd been working. So basically if you don't know who I am, I worked on radio. I've been in the radio industry for 10 years. 
Um, before that, I had a PR degree, worked in PR in um, the UK, also done a lot of work in hospitality and stuff. Um, if I've shared my story, if you've heard my story before, you would know all that because um, I've talked a lot about the crazy wild times in that past. Um, but the funny thing was I, was I never thought of myself as ever being a mum. Like when, uh, well, here's a little bit of um, vulnerability for you. When I was 21, I had an abortion and this was with my first boyfriend and I and this is only stuff that I've recently really feel like felt into since I had a baby myself and obviously being pregnant with Memphis um I when when I had that abortion it was for medical reasons um I was probably I was definitely not ready to have a child at 21 my partner didn't want to um but we were kind of told to because I'd taken drugs I'd um there was a lot of taking drugs I was drinking every day I was on the pill like so I didn't even know I was pregnant like there was so many contributing factors that this baby wasn't going to be healthy and the doctors had all said it would be wise to terminate um or risk you know so many risks and a lot of people go um you know oh, you had an abortion at 21. And at the time, I think after that, I was like, oh, I don't want children. And I, it's only since I've had a baby now and fallen pregnant with the love of my life, my soulmate, Griffo, that I think what happened for all those years, because 21 to having a baby at 35, there was a lot of time in between. Um, I think it was because I felt like I didn't deserve to have a child. Because I always used to say, oh, I don't think I want to have kids. Like, put career, 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 career. Fun, fun, fun. Um, And so I think it was when I had Memphis that I had that realization that, oh, no, I was always supposed to be a mum. And I was always going to be a mum. But it wasn't the right time. And I had to go through that. and, And I was probably so closed off to it because of that. And, like, now having seen Memphis on the screens and the scans and all that. I didn't know what I was having, by the way. And I like, but you know, I, cause I can call him Memphis now cause that's who he is. But when we didn't know whether we we're having a boy or a girl, it brought up a lot of emotions around my abortion. And I did feel like I needed to talk about it because, um, I was seeing like, I didn't have any attachment to that child at when I was 21 and because I didn't know that I was pregnant. So I didn't find out until I was just under 12 weeks. So there was a lot of shit that I did that I shouldn't have done. Like I had an operation, so I was under general anesthetic, x-rays, you name it, all this, all this, everything you're not supposed to do when you're pregnant, I'm done. And so that's why they, they told me. And I remember like now when I was pregnant with Memphis, like seeing all these things and I was like, shit, I had that like little baby inside me at that. And that was what it would have looked like. And so it brought up a lot of pain and stuff for me. Um, but also a lot of realizations and a lot of, um, I guess it was pretty therapeutic. Do you know what I mean? To release all that. And you know, there were people that go, you know, I always wait for people to go, but that was a fucking life and right. And I totally accept that that's your opinion, but also that was that was the decision that I have made at the time. Don't know whether it was right or wrong. Do you know what I mean? But for me now, looking back, it was the right decision and it was a really, really tough decision. Um, so I had that when I was pregnant, that kind of breakthrough. And then it was, you know, around my all body positivity and stuff um, that I, you know, that I also had another breakthrough when I was 30 weeks pregnant. But when I first found out I was pregnant, we were on our honeymoon in um, Barbados and I was three weeks pregnant. So I got told that I probably wasn't going to be able to have kids. 
two weeks before we went on our honeymoon. What? Yeah, so I'd had all these hormone testing and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, you know, just get myself ready. Like we just got married, get myself all ready for, you know, um, to have a to have a family because that's what you kind of do, you know what I mean? Like society <laughs> says you get married, then you have a kid. And Griffo and I were at that age. We were like, okay, like I said, we weren't sure whether we wanted to be parents or not, but we said if it happens, it happens. I got a phone call saying you're going to struggle naturally by the results of your hormones, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, shit. So I got home from, I was in Bathurst with my family then. I got home and saw Griffo. This was the night before we went on our honeymoon. And I was like, let's make a baby. I'm ovulating. And like, we kind of were taking the piss. Well, we fell pregnant that night. So the baby made itself, little Memphis made himself on our honeymoon. And then by the end of our honeymoon, which was a month long, we, I was like, I was real moody, like a full psycho. I had the worst anxiety. And he was like, what, who have I married? Like my husband was like, can we get divorced? And he wanted to throw me off the cruise ship because I was so like, it was weird. I had like, I was having full on mood swings. So I'd be so happy. And then like a full crazy cat the next and he was just like whoa what is wrong with you and i didn't know what was wrong with me and i was doing all my self-care stuff you know going to the gym when i was on holidays because i was drinking i was meditating i was doing everything and i was still next level anxious and then we got to barbados and because i'd been pregnant before when i was 21 we were swimming in the pool and i had the sorest nipples and i was like oh my god they're excruciatingly like I don't know about you, but like, you know, full nipple crippled and then feels like someone's slicing your nipples with um, <laughs> glass. That's what it felt like. And I was just, I looked at him and he goes, what? And I go, I think I'm pregnant. And he was like, well, that will explain it. Like just joking. And then I, the next day I got an earache. And the crazy thing is my mum had earaches when she was pregnant. Anyway, that's a side note. Um, but I went to the doc, to the um, chemist over there, and they got some um, pregnancy tests. Took three because I wanted. And then I was said to the lady, "Oh, have you got anything for your age?" She's like, "Well, you shouldn't be taking pregnancy tests if you know if you're pregnant, you're Sudafed and blah, all this stuff." And then I was like, "Oh my god, like I feel like I'm fully pregnant. Like all these conversations I'm having are so real." And then we got back to the um, room, we took the pregnancy tests, and there it was. And we just both pissed ourselves laughing, and then I went into full meltdown. Because like my honeymoon, I was like, my honeymoon's been taken away from me. I'm not ready yet. And, and I didn't let anyone talk about it for 12 weeks. So his family, what? my family, like I, like I told some friends and stuff, but I had to really um, grieve my identity actually, which I think a lot of people go through after they have the baby. Yep. You know, men especially, like Griffo's just been through that. Um, but for me, I really grieved my oh my God, like, how am I going to be a radio presenter? How am I going to do this? I was going to write a book this year. Da, da, da. Like, how am I going to, I don't know, like, you know, all this shit going through my head. Like, I don't want to be a mummy blogger. Haha, <laughs> here I am, mummy blogger. Um, like, all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? So, I was fully, like, a crazy mess for the first few months. And like I said, didn't let anyone talk about it. His parents like, went to congratulate us when we got back from the honeymoon, and I was like, don't say it. And it probably took me maybe until I was about week 16 that I announced it and everything that I really started to accept that this was going to be my life now. And then throughout the whole pregnancy, even when I said goodbye on the radio show the last day, I didn't realize that it was going to be the last time that I spoke on radio 
you know, like I said, never say never. I could go back in the future, who knows? But right now, that's it. And I didn't realize because I always thought I was going to be a working mom. And so my whole, like he has literally changed my whole life for the better. That would make anyone anxious though. Yeah. Especially and, to have the sort of success you've had, to have the platform and the reach that you have. Yeah. Like with your socials, but with the radio gig as well. Yeah. And, you know, so um, I f- always forget like what we've spoke about in person <laughs> and then on the podcast already. So I don't know if I've said this, but so I just left radio, right? Yeah. So it's all still very new. Um, they announced it, I think, about mid-December. Um, that I wasn't going back to the radio show. Obviously, we're in um, February, just been on hold, like six weeks of holidays and all that kind of stuff. I'm still processing that this is my new life. But for the first time in my life, like I was saying to you, I trust the universe. And as much as I was like, I was such a hustler before to get where I needed to go to. And, you know, I always said to someone, like, hard work and passion will get you wherever you need to go. Everything else you can learn along the way. But I, for me, am like, oh, fuck, I've never really trusted the universe before, have I? Like, I've hustled my way through. And don't get me wrong, I've manifested everything that I've wanted. But this is the first time that I'm actually trusting. I don't have anything to go to except for what I've been keeping in my head for the last few years. I've got some exciting projects that I just didn't have time to do before. But I also don't want to go too full on because the reason why I'm not working is because I just had this beautiful baby boy and he's only going to be this young once. Everything else is still going to be there in the future. He's not going to be this size ever again. Like, fuck, he already doesn't fit in half his clothes. <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> I mean? That's nuts, hey? Like, it's so crazy, right? Like, isn't it? That's what trips me out when I go to get him dressed every morning. I sit there and I'm like, I get emotional because I'm like, he's never going to, like, it, he's growing out of these clothes so quick. And I'm like, we wear, the, we wear our same size clothes every day. And I'm like, he's got so many more clothes to go through in life. Like, that's what I think. I think stuff like that. I'm like... He's just growing up so quickly and I know he's like only five months, but I don't want like this. I'm so blessed that one, I had good savings like that Griffo and I had that Griffo was willing to go back to work because he was going to be the stay home dad. Well, yeah. So he'd quit FIFO, everything like our, so we, our whole life, we had our rug ripped out from underneath us. Like, do you know what I mean? Of the plan that we were going to have. <laughs> and then we've both just been employed for the last couple of months, which has actually been a huge blessing. And not a very many people can do that. A lot of mums have to go back to work as well as the dads within months because, you know, um, to, get, to get food on the table, to live, to pay the bills. We're really, really lucky that we had set ourselves up at the right time in our lives. Do you know what I mean? Was, um, I know for a lot of FIFO couples, yeah. the guy coming back, it's hard for him to reintegrate. And then for the, the woman or the partner at home, it's hard for them to get used to having someone yeah. at home. No, no, because I... they more than likely have to do the washing and the cooking. Yeah. Because oh, a FIFO yeah. guy or girl is lazy. So true. Was that good for your relationship <laughs> to have him back? Griffo, Griffo will tell you that I am the lazy one. <laughs> but I'm breastfeeding. Like, hello. That is like, you know, I'm doing, running a marathon every day. Like, um, I'm doing a full-time job with this baby. But no, like, he is actually the greatest help 
an amazing bloke, um, partner, everything. Like he is honestly, again, I just feel so lucky. And you know, the funny, funny thing is I actually wrote a list of what I wanted in a partner when I was single. And here's that list minus one thing. You know how many people I've heard say that to me in the last couple of months? Really? That they wrote a list of what they wanted in a partner and they got that person. Well, I tell everyone, I I tell everyone to do that. And Griffo, so him coming home, I talked about my identity shifting when I was, um, you know, first pregnant. And that was something I really had to get my head around and I really had to grieve this person. He's just gone through that because he quit FIFO. He's come home. He didn't want to do the rat race of like driving, you know, in Perth. Like that doesn't bring him joy. He'd created the life that he wanted to live. But now he has a family that had to change. And obviously then his wife decides that she doesn't want to work. <laughs> um, so he he's had to grieve that. And um, and being in FIFO, we were worried because we've only, we've been together um, seven years this year married to we've never like had anything other than fifo do you know what i mean so i've never lived with him full time like he you know yeah um and you know although he has all the cooking and cleaning and everything done for him when he's away he is literally like sadie the cleaning lady when he comes home he is a machine that guy doesn't sit still like i don't know if you've ever watched my insta story but he fucking vacuums the gutters outside like this guy we get home from holidays and this guy's got to sweep the leaves off the back porch like the night we get home you've just got off a flight mate and you know or just got out out of driving for eight hours today but he's got to clean like so he's he's the one that keeps that side of the family together um, which he thinks I have to step up this year. I'm like, I'm raising our child, mate, and trying to build my biz on the side. Like, <laughs> but he, we take the piss out of each other, and he goes, "What do you bring to the relationship?" And I'm like, I don't know. I actually don't know. Adventure. Fun. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I was like, I'm like, what do I like? Sometimes I have these meltdowns, and I go, like, what am I? What, like, I need reassurance. Like, what do I bring to the relationship? Because he, like, you know how you, you speak about the love languages. So his definitely is acts of service. Like yep. he, that's, so if I put the washing away or, um, you know, very rarely ever um, wash the floor. Actually, I don't think I've ever done that. We have a cleaner. But um, like, you know, if I do something like to do with housework, <laughs> he, like, he's like, oh my God, babe, that is amazing. Like that turns him on. And whereas for me, I'm like, I couldn't give two shits about that stuff. Like, tell me I'm beautiful, uh, words of affirmation all the way, or quality time. We're both quality time as well, but he's fully acts of service. So, he, like, yeah, him coming home has been amazing for me <laughs> because <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's doing everything. But, yeah, like I said, in all seriousness, he's struggled with his identity. Um, and that's something he, he's just got a new job which is awesome. It's 15 minutes from home. He's working for a company oh, wow. that he's wanted to work for for so long. Um, they've created a role for him. Um, and it's it's good money for Perth, you know, considering FIFO was always really good money. Um, and, you know, because he's obviously, we're on one income, we've gone from two to one. And we were both paid well before, so we were happy. And, you know, we lived to our means. So now we've got to really do a budget and all that kind of stuff. So... 
I'm really excited for him because I think this is going to be amazing for him. But like I said, he's had to really shift his identity and, and, and watching that, like I was worried about depression, postnatal, like, you know, depression for a man and anxiety because that's real. Yeah. And, you know, that's something we don't talk about a lot. And it's funny on our podcast, quick plug here, first time parents, um, we've been documenting our, you know, our journey as parents. Um, we only spoke about it last week he, he, of him feeling helpless. And, you know, as a man, like, you know, and I don't, I, I hate saying that because I'm not a man. <laughs> you can see down there. There's, <laughs> I was going to say I pushed a baby out there, but I didn't. I had a C-section um, emergently. Um, but <laughs> he took, like, there's jealousy. There can be resentment. There's a bloke feeling really helpless. You know, I'm yeah. sure you, you've spoke about that when you had your um, beautiful angel. Like, yeah. So um, that's stuff that he's really, you know, opening up about on our podcast, which I think a lot of people could relate to, especially men. That's awesome, especially yeah. being someone who was earning good money. Yeah. And earning good money, and it's seen, especially in WA, to be like, higher level job working yeah. with FIFO yeah. it's almost like a badge of honour yeah. I used to love going into a pub and talking to a skimpy or something like that and what do you do I work with FIFO like, yeah okay. isn't that funny they, like they're verifying that yeah. you're yeah, yeah oh you've got money cool yeah you're worth something and yeah. especially for a dude in that role who's providing like yeah it's hard to let well, go and this is it we were talking about it too he's like you've got to realise he's like as men we feel like we have to be the breadwinners. You know, like we feel like we have that pressure on ourselves. He's like, so kind of like, and I see it like this as women, when you have your baby, right? It's like someone just goes, all right, when you, when you have your baby, you're born with guilt, mother guilt, instant. It's like, as well as having your baby, you're going to have this guilt as well. It's like for men, okay, you're going to have like, you know, you're born and then you get married. Okay. You're going to have, you're going to be, you're going to now have the stress of being a breadwinner. Like, yep. do you know what I mean? That you're the, like the pressure of money and stuff, do you reckon? Like, yeah, that's it. And, and well, it's like when you go back to evolution, that's how guys were determined as like being worth something in the tribe was yeah. to be the hunter-gatherer, to be the yeah. protector. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think like it was funny, like when we first got together seven years ago, Griffo was like, you know, making lots of money. Like he was on FIFO and all that. And he was working for BHP at the time when we first got together. And he's done a couple of different FIFO jobs since then because um, he was made redundant quite early in our relationship. But he actually had to really come to terms with the fact that I was probably going to be the breadwinner. Like, because I was making more money than him. Yep. And that was something he had to really work through himself yeah um and you know it's funny because now he's a breadwinner <laughs> so he's like oh shit i thought i was going to get looked after and be the stay-at-home dad and he'd really got his mind focused on that and you know that was something that he had to really process during our pregnancy that that was going to be our life yeah you know that he was going to come home from fifo he was going to be the stay-at-home dad because for one i was going to make money i was going to do breakfast radio and um you know be home in the afternoon so it just felt like that was the right thing to do do you know yeah. what i mean but then like i said you have your baby and shit goes out the window don't ever make <laughs> plans before the baby like honestly <laughs> i don't feel like it, it so many things i said i was like oh wow like i can't believe i said that like you know just they change you yeah uh, i want to go back i've got a couple oh, yeah, of questions sorry. have i been like blabbering like, what are we up to like it's, half it's an hour funny blabber, though. <laughs> it's good blabber um 
Sorry, yeah, have you talk- even asked any questions or have I just talked? <laughs> uh, going back to the abortion. Yes. Um, and then you said when you first found out about Memphis, there was that period where uh, you were harboring some sort of guilt and you yeah. didn't want people to talk about it. Yeah. And in a sense, I guess, grieving that identity, possible identity loss mm. as well. Um, how did you release that and was there an aha moment where you're like okay yeah like I need to let this go I think probably letting shit go for me is only really only really happened about week 30 of pregnancy and I don't know what happened but there was just a huge shift energy shift and everything and I can tell you about that after I answer this question but I think I think sometimes um as an anxious person and I don't know if you're the same with your mental health stuff as well but I always feel like I need to fix myself all the time one thing I didn't because I couldn't fix the situation at you know those first 12 weeks yeah well you didn't trust the universe you just essentially beat it into submission yeah and like I and the thing is like I couldn't fix the situation because this is where we were this was the decision that we said if we fell pregnant then this was this was it you know what I mean? Like I said, if it was just going to be Griffo and I, we would have been happy with that. Now having Memphis, no way would I have. Do you know what I mean? Like he's been the best thing ever. Um, but I think I couldn't fix it. So I had to accept it. But I also had to grieve. And I think a lot of the time I don't allow myself to fully feel what I'm feeling. Yep. Because I'm too busy fixing myself. With meditation, going for a walk, this, that, rah, rah, rah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Looking for the next workshop that I'll go to that'll tell me, listening for the next podcast that'll tell me that I can do this better or this or rah, rah. And I, I feel like a lot of anxious people are like that. Straight up. I've been yeah. listening to a book called The Miracle Solution by Hal Elrod. Yeah. And he's got this five-minute thing where you set a timer for five minutes, you go in a room and you feel everything for five minutes. Yeah. And especially me with anger, I find yep. it hard to express it because then I view myself as weak for yep. not being... being able to control it. Um, oh, that's so silly. Yeah, I know. Well, so I shouldn't I was... even say silly, but like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that's, but again, it's so real for yourself, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I think that's come about because I've been someone who's transitioned from really aggressive to, to... The, like a mental health person. Yeah, and do you get scared that sometimes you'll end up back where you were? So yeah. you don't want to, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I I did that recently. I just said to the missus, I'm going in the room, give me five minutes. Yeah. Went in, set the timer, started like hitting pillows, throwing stuff around. Was it good? And then looked at the timer and it was like three minutes thirty left. I was like, fuck, what am I supposed to do for and it was gone. Like yeah. all the anger was gone where usually I'd let that Harbour for days, yeah. weeks, months, years. <laughs> like you can hey and yeah I I, I totally agree with that and it's um, you know and even saying that now I still know I still need to release some feelings and certain things and um, I definitely that but like I said being pregnant I couldn't escape it do you know what I mean like that was that was what was happening and it was real and it was so I just accepted it and I grieved and that's what, like, I remember even, like, I was so honest about my um, pregnancy journey online and stuff. Because that's the thing. I can't live a true, authentic life if I'm fucking being fake. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't. 
like I, like I, you will even know straight away if I don't re- if I'm not really vibing with you as a person or if I don't really like you or because like I'm sorry but I don't like everyone if we all liked everyone the world would be boring but it's how you respect people and stuff like that but I'll find I can get I just kind of shut down a little bit and I'll just move on to the next person or whatever yeah. like I won't be rude or anything like that but I'll just be like mm, I don't know if I'm gonna waste my time talking to someone that I'm not really like vibing with. Now I can't remember what my point was. Where were we going? What was your questioning? I don't know, but I like that. Because if you're being fake on social media, yeah. then oh, yeah, that's you right. as someone who's anxious, you get anxious about people yeah. finding out that you're being fake. Yeah, so I was like really honest about um, the things that I was going through with pregnancy. And I had a few people tell me that I should be thankful that I'm pregnant and that I should be grateful for that. And I find that really hard. Like, I've not um being t- well you know i was told that i would struggle to have kids and stuff and i've seen like one of my beautiful mates she struck she struggled for nine ten years and couldn't have kids and wow. she went through everything and then in the end she ended up going through early menopause so she was like couldn't have her own child i helped her find an egg donor through the radio and she's just had her second child so I understand, obviously, I personally haven't gone through it. I understand how hard it can be. But also, I think that's why sometimes people struggle to be open about how they're truly feeling and why uh, mums and dads don't want to say that they're feeling shit after they've just had a baby or they've fallen pregnant because you're frowned upon. Yep. And it's like, no, we're not saying that we don't want the baby or that we're not grateful, but we're just telling you how we're truly feeling. And so I had people... And the funny thing is, I didn't realize how vulnerable I was as a pregnant person. Like, I look back about some of the things that I, one, got upset about, that I was touchy, sensitive, and all that. Um, And I was like, whoa, I was super vulnerable. And, you know, like, and that's what we have to remember. Like, pregnant people, men and women, like, obviously men don't have the babies, (laughs) but I still say to, I still say when I talk about me and Griffo, we were pregnant. Um, even though it was me who went through all that fucking shit. Um, he didn't have to, you know what I mean? Um, so like, I think we have to be really like, really remember that. Like it's a, like, it's a really sacred time and you know, I was being so vulnerable and telling you how I was, you know, there were some days that I absolutely hated it. Like, and I seriously, I was so sick at the start and, you know, and there were times that I was just honest about all of that. And there were people that were like, oh, you should just be grateful and rah, 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 and like full nasties on social media. And I was just like, nah, screw you block. Like, or I'd write back like a big message. And, um, I think like we just have to remember that with new mums and new dads and stuff like especially you know the first six weeks after having a baby is and I hated I hated hearing this when you know before like you just don't understand until you have the kid everyone always says that to me and I'd be like oh I kind of do like I've seen my friends go through it and da, 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 da. oh no there is nothing like that first six weeks like it is unbelievable magic and crazy chaos and you know you're sleep deprived you throw anxiety in there you throw screaming baby like you throw you're strangers you're living with a stranger in your room you know like and you're not understanding each other and this this little thing can't communicate with other than screaming and do you know what i mean and then same with you and your partner sometimes you can't communicate with other than screaming at each other because the stress the anxiety the love the 
passion, that everything is so real and it's so thick and it's so and it's so strong. But if you say that it's shit, like, oh, you should just be grateful that you had that babe. Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's really yeah, hard uh, to So that's why we've been really honest and that's what our podcast and everything is all about. Yeah, I think if there weren't people like you who are being vulnerable to that extent, then people going into having a child or people who are pregnant, couples that are pregnant, they wouldn't have the right perspective. Yeah. They'd be looking through rose-tinted glasses or lenses. Yeah. Expecting it to be all happy and bubbly and and love when realistically you're going to be nauseous, you're going to get sick, you're going to be fucking angry sometimes. You're going to hate the fact that you've got a kid in your belly. Yeah. The hormones are next level. You know, like, and and that was something, so something I experienced with my anxiety is anger. Like, I actually experience really, um, if I'm feeling, and sometimes I don't even notice that I'm anxious until I go, oh, by my behavior, you know, back to the moment, I just was really rude to that person. And then I'm like, oh, that's because I'm fucking anxious because I'm feeling out of my comfort zone. And then I realize I look at all the signs and I'm like, oh, that was because of this and blah, 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 and you were feeling out of control. Like if I'm feeling out of control, you'll be able to know straight away because I'm, I get short, I get abrupt, um, and I get like snappy. And so, you know, like that's something that with all the hormones and being a new parent and being sleep deprived and stuff, that's something Griffo and I have really tried to be communicate about and, you know, and understand each other and I think it was um, I hadn't announced I was pregnant yet and I wrote a message on my Instagram to all other parents and uh, all other parents partners you know siblings about how sorry I was as an anxious person that it brought up anger (laughs) and it like it got shared by so many people because so many other people were like, oh my God, that's what I've been needing to say. Like, cause I wanted to thank Griffo for putting up with me because like I said, early on, I experienced a lot of mood swings and stuff because of my hormones. And it brought out a lot of anxiety at the start. But then, it, like I said, it would have been about week 30 that I went, oh my God, where did my anxiety go? And like, I, I felt like I was reborn. Like I started to love myself in a way that I'd never loved myself before. I felt like I was shedding a lot of my anxiety and don't get me wrong. It was definitely there that first six week bubble um, with, you know, having the baby and being in the baby bubble and stuff. But I definitely feel like my anxiety shifted for the better. That's awesome. Yeah. So how did you allow yourself to grieve? Was there any method or um, process? Well, like I said, I definitely accepting was a big one um and i think i'm just gonna look at myself for the camera because we're getting filmed by the way for people that are just listening on the podcast (laughs) he's making me get filmed and i've had barely any sleep (laughs) so i'm just looking at myself because there's a mirror there um i think like i said really accepting i think that there's some really amazing meditations on youtube that people don't realize and I, i use them a lot actually when i lost my nan of getting out your emotions because some days i just felt like i wanted to cry um and so i use these like you can literally put anything into youtube that you want to see or watch or like exercise meditations anything for your mental health anything actually that you want to listen to or whatever just type it in there and it'll come up so i was like grieving meditation like allow grief and 
you know, and I put it in there and it, there was some amazing meditations there that so I just like that let you get out your anger or your um, sadness or your frustration or whatever and um, that was that's a big one but also like people ask me all the time like how do you exercise well if I'm being honest with you since I've had a baby I barely exercise like when I was pregnant I barely exercise so you talk about strategies and all that that you want to know for me the biggest thing in all of it was accepting the accept I needed to accept and it was funny I was listening to um, Oprah the other day on her 2020 vision tour that she's doing she's speaking oh, to wow. uh, yeah you should get around it you'd love it so she's on her podcast and on her YouTube series she's doing a 2020 vision and interviewing people like Lady Gaga Amy Schumer um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson um, and Lady Gaga talks about radical acceptance something I'm going to Google and like look more into because I was like oh and because she's had her, all her mental health issues and um, and stuff like that, and I remember sitting with my psychologist, and she said, "This is when I was pregnant, and I was just after my baby shower, and I felt really anxious at my baby shower, and I didn't really enjoy myself for the first hour and a half, and I was a bit aggressive towards my mum, and you know, not being in the moment, and just being short and abrupt, and ruining it probably for her because yep. like this is her first grandchild, and I so I fucking beat myself up." Afterwards, and I actually had a sound healing. And after the sound healing at the end of the baby shower, I burst into tears and told everyone how anxious I was at the start and how sorry I was to my mom and blah blah blah. And when I went to the psychologist that week and spoke about that, she was like, There has to be a time that you need to accept that this is who you are as a person, and then there's your mental illness. And when you're in your mental illness and you react in your mental illness, you have to accept that that's not you as a person. That is your mental illness. You as a person is fun, Heidi, bubbly, this, that, rah, rah, rah. You, you are not your mental illness. And the way that you act sometimes, you have to just accept that that is that. And I was like, shit, how am I going to do that? But I've, started, I've accepted my body that this is what I've got. I've accepted this is the face and the head that I've got, you know, and that took a long time for someone who hated themselves. I've accepted that this is my personality. I've accepted a lot of stuff. So I think the biggest thing for me in strategy that I've really had to work on through all of, you know, becoming a new mom and being pregnant and accepting my changes to my body and all that kind of stuff and my mindset is acceptance. And, you know, people will go, well, how did you do that? It's working on yourself every goddamn day. Like, I will never be able to stop working on myself. And like I said, it's not that I want to fix, you know, we spoke about the fixing and stuff, but it's being able to work on your mindset and educating yourself through podcasts, watching things on YouTube, listening to podcasts like this, um, that you can start to put the tools in your tool belt, as the psychologist would say, um, and fill that tool belt up. But for me, the big thing was just learning to accept. And that's years of work that I've done to get to there. Do you know what I mean? I can't just click my fingers and say I accept myself. Like, you know, the whole, if you heard about my body positivity stuff, um, I've not liked myself for a long time. And, you know, it took me, like, even when I was, like, first spoke about the shit that I spoke about on the radio, how I didn't love myself uh, 10 years ago or whatever it was when I was in Bum- working in Bunbury, that was kind of when I started to do the work. It took me till I was 30 weeks pregnant to wear a bikini at 35 years wow. old. 
and I was rocking it. And like, I remember I said to my girlfriends, oh, we're going on holidays, you know, Griffo and I are going on our baby moon and, you know, I've got to go buy new swimmers because like, I can't wear swimmers, I'm 30 weeks pregnant. Like I don't, that mine won't fit me in. Like I don't want to look like a big balloon. I want to at least look sexy. You know what I mean? It's our baby moon. It's the last time we get to have that time together before shit hits the pan. <laughs> And my friend goes, why don't you wear a bikini? Like, you just look so good. And I was like, a bikini? No way. Because I was someone who used to cover up my arms, used to cut, like, I don't, I looked, I used to look at my tummy like 20 times a day and measure it. You, you know, these mirrors here, yep. I would have measured myself like 50 times before we even started this chat. Like, you know, without you looking, you probably would have noticed, but in my head, no one noticed. <laughs> like, I would literally spit, like, you know, because I was so worried. And um, I thought, yeah, fuck it. I've sworn a lot, by the way. I'm sorry if people listening to hate swearing. My mum does too. But hey, I'm not, I'm not being authentic if I don't swear. <laughs> so, soz. <laughs> um, but so I went and bought a bikini. And I remember putting it on. And Griffo and I were in this secluded beach up in Broome in Western Australia. And he looked at me and he goes, are you looking at yourself? He's like, you look so amazing he's like you've not questioned yourself we'd walked up and down the beach and swam and done all this you know like and before i would have normally had the towel on like just even in my full piece swimmers and you know even 10 years ago i would have had a t-shirt on and board shorts and everything and he was just like i can't believe it like you're literally embracing and then i was like yeah yolo let's do a photo shoot and so he then was taking all these photos of me in my bikini it was in that moment that I realized I have this life inside of me I don't want them to have the same issues that I have and the only reason the only reason why like you know the only reason why I feel like sometimes I have my issues is because of what I've seen in my life before but also like chemicals situations that triggered me all that kind of stuff I was like I don't want I can give this little guy or girl whoever's in there I want to give them the gift of loving themselves and embracing who they are and not giving a fuck what they actually look like. Do you know what I mean? I want them to know from the get-go that it's what really is inside that counts, you know? And, like, it is the soul of a person, right? And so it was in that moment that I was like, oh, my God, like, I need to... I need to do this. And it was literally that moment. Like I said, all the work I'd done before that leading up to it, I think that that was a ginormous shift for me. And I remember just rocking, like I'm still wearing a bikini now. I've got a mum pouch. I had a C-section. I've got, do you know what I mean? Like um, rolls and I've got cellulite and everything, but I'm still wearing my bikini. Like we just spent two weeks at the beach, like driving around Western Australia. I'm still rocking like a bikini because YOLO (laughs) like do you know what I mean and again it was that acceptance and I I said I was going to read you this before we started and since I'm on the bandwagon get it I'll get it um because I I feel like this was another big turning point so there was like the 30 week pregnant with Memphis and and then there was this moment of when I first saw my body after having a cesarean and I had a lot of anxiety because I was sleep deprived, understandably. I think I slept 50 minutes the first night we had him in our room with us because he was in neonates for the first three nights. Um, so I, my thing is 
I, and you know, you've spoke to Dr. Kat on your podcast and stuff. Yeah. I've worked a lot with her. She's body confidence expert here in Perth. Like you tend to, um, my control is of my body and stuff. Like when, you know, you, when you've got the shit going on inside you, like, you know, all the demons and all that kind of shit running around, you, you've got to control something. So mine's always been my weight yeah. and, you know, and, um, and being thin and going on this diet and that diet, rah, 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 which I actually saw her when I first was pregnant and um, she helped me through some of that stuff. But so I was very conscious of my body as soon as I had Memphis. I was worrying about my arms, like old Heidi, because I think there was so much anxiety about being a mum and I didn't know what to do. And I didn't have that maternal instinct straight away and everyone kept telling me, oh, you'll have your, like, it's just instinct. No, it wasn't for me straight away. Like I relied solely on Griffo to help me be a mum. Wow. Yeah, to change the nappy, to, to, to help me how to like breastfeed. I couldn't have done it without him. Like I get teary thinking about that. Like he was honestly a, like a knight in shining armour. But it was maybe two weeks after I'd had Memphis that I was looking at my body in the mirror and I decided to take these photos of myself. And wow. yeah, I don't know if you can see that. And post them too. And post them. And like some people are like, eh, why are you showing your vagina? Again, fuck off troll. Um, but I'm not. I'm showing my C-section scar and my wobbly, like flabby tummy because I've literally just had a baby in there for 40 weeks. So my tummy ain't going to be flat, people. Um, and I wrote this letter to Memphis and this was a huge breakthrough. Through I said, to my dearest son, Memphis, thank you for teaching me to love my body in all its glory. For years, I hated on myself and battled loving all my wobbly bits, but something happened in pregnancy carrying you. I made a promise to teach you and show you what true love was. I promised to respect myself and honor my body and all it has endured. My body made you. It created you. All of you. Your little fingers and your little toes. And then it carried you for nine months. How clever is that? Never again will I take my body for granted. Life is too short to waste years hating on it. On the 5th of September, it wasn't just you who was born. I was too. Your mum. And I promise to never waste another second beating myself up because of what I've eaten or what I look like. My beautiful pouch will always be a reminder of you. Memphis, Ari, Anderson, Griffiths. My beautiful boy, I promise to guide you through life and show you through my own behavior how to love and embrace ourselves and that beauty is more than what you look like. I love you. Oh, God, I'm getting teary about my own writing. Is that weird? That's powerful. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> because, like, I'm just... Oh, I'm getting emotional at what I wrote, what a loser. <laughs> but because for one, I'm proud of myself and I'm really like, I just love him so much. That's all that matters. And I hate that we worry so much about what we look like. And, you know, I want to influence young girls and guys all the time to not worry. Like we spend so many years wet, like, um, like worrying about you know what we eat what we dress in what our hair looks like this that you know there was years that I didn't leave the house sometimes without jumpers on and stuff in the boiling hot and I don't want Memphis to go through that and I want to love my body because it created him like he was inside of me like that is fucking cool you know like that is amazing and that's what I'm, so it's about, you know, like I was saying, like acceptance and just changing your mindset by 
being grateful for things like that. That's so good. It's this this is definitely not where I saw the podcast going, but I'm glad <laughs> oh, we I'm glad we've sort of touched on that topic because I think that's what you're most well known for is yeah. for being confident in who you are. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the space or the area that you set the best example in, especially to women, young women. Yeah. And now to pregnant women. Yeah. Especially for my partner. Like she's yeah. listening to your podcast. She loves and enjoys it. She's got friends that are pregnant listening to it too. Oh, so. awesome. Well, so we haven't scared them off yet. No. <laughs> we have people that listen that aren't even pregnant and aren't having kids. And we were like, this is a good contraception for you. <laughs> um, a couple questions. Yes. I know you, you sort of touched on it with the letter to Memphis, but I'm interested to know... I've got a dead leg, by the way, so that's why I had to stretch it out. <laughs> I'm interested to know if you can describe or explain your love for him. Because oh. it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, that's a hard one. Like, okay, so I'm going to use my friend's mum's analogy. When you have a baby and like having Memphis, it's like someone rips your heart out and they're walking around the street with your heart for the rest of your life. That's how she described it when she had kids. And I was like, that is so true because like he's out there, you know, and he's going to be walking the streets, going to be doing crazy shit like I just, like he's if he's anything like his mum and dad he's gonna live life to the fullest do you know what I mean like yeah. but it's like your love is yeah it's like it's like just I can't even explain it it's like I've never felt like I love Griffo he yeah. like marrying him was like the best thing and the best day ever and I you know hearing our vows and us and writing them and like, you know, there was a quote from, you know, um, Elton John's song and it's like, how wonderful life is now you're in my life. Like, that's how I feel about Griffo. Like, my life is, was not, like, I lived and I had a great life, do you know what I mean? But it was like, he took it to the next level. And then there's Memphis, he takes it to an even higher level. And like I said, he's got a part of my heart that's not in my body anymore. Do you know what I mean? And he's he's like walking around with your heart out there. And it's, I don't know, it's like just pure magic. And I remember my mum saying to me when we were driving, when I got our nails done just after I had Memphis, like I'm, I just was so anxious about only being away from him for an hour and a half. But it was, it fucking killed me. And I remember driving home and my mum said, can you believe you're a mum? Like, and that we're going home to your son. And I was just like, yeah, I know, right? I said, I just feel like I didn't even have, I didn't even process some of the stuff. Like, it was just like, I was always going to be a mum. Like, I don't even need you to say that because it just feels so normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even, you know, some people have like moments and they go, shit, like, whoa. Like, I just, I was supposed to, I'm supposed to be here with him and I'm supposed to be his mum. And he was supposed to be come at when I'm 35 and, you know, and he was gonna, he's going to teach me all these things. And it's funny because I thought I was going to have a girl at the start. And now I'm so glad I don't have a girl. 
because I can't wait to, for him to teach me everything and for me to help him grow into be like a kick-ass man that changes the world. <laughs> no pressure, son. Um, yeah, the love is, it's indescribable. Like I said, I tried to explain it with like the, um, the, your heart walking outside of you, yeah. you know, and beating outside of you. Um, but I don't even know if that cuts it. It's, um, it's almost like a newfound sense of purpose as well. Eh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Shit. Yeah. Like I feel like that, like I said, you know, for someone who was so driven by their career before now, I'm just kind of like, meh. Like, I'm a <laughs> mum now. Yeah. And you know, and I, I like, it's funny because I don't want people to like, the thing is with, um, postnatal anxiety and depression and stuff. Some people don't feel that. And you know, that sucks. And that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. And this is really normal for some people. And you know, there's, there is love in there somewhere, but it's got to grow. And for some of us, it does grow because you're challenged by mental health and all that at the start and sleep death and maybe a crazy baby. And do you know what I mean? Cause like, yeah, I can't even imagine what it's like being awake every 45 minutes. And so for me to talk about that powerful love that I have, I completely understand that it's not for, um, it's, it's not for every single person and I don't want them to feel like, Oh my God, I don't feel like that because, um, my grandma actually took her own life from, um, postnatal depression and anxiety with, with my dad. Yeah. So in, I was really worried that that I could go down that path having everyone's mental in our family. <laughs> like everyone has a mental illness. Um, so, you know, like I was a bit worried about that and that was stuff that I was, you know, um, stressing a little bit about that. I was so worried that sleep deprivation, cause that's a big trigger for me would send me into a spiral. Um, and maybe I wouldn't love my child straight away and everything like that. So if you are feeling like that and you are listening to the podcast, it's so okay. And I don't want you to be like, compare yourself to me because we're all on our own paths. And I think that's what we have to remember about everything, not just, you know, postnatal depression, anxiety, not anxiety, not depression. Like, you know, um, if you've got um, bipolar disorder or personality disorder or whatever, it does just stop comparing because we all have our own journeys. And I think that's what I don't want people to sit there and go, fuck, oh my God, I don't feel like that. It's okay, but ask for help. That's such an important and profound point and one that I never really thought to bring up. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the position you're in and people comparing themselves. Yeah. Oh. That's so important. And, you know, I compare myself to people. Like, that's, it's, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. I can't remember who wrote that quote, but that wasn't me. Don't put... (laughs) Don't make some kind of fancy meme and say Heidi Anderson comparison is a fever joy because I'd be stealing that super copyright right there or <laughs> trademarking, whatever. Um, but, you know, like we all compare. We all do it. And it's so fucking shit that we do because it honestly is the thief, thief of joy. Like part of this course and stuff that I'm writing at the moment behind the scenes, which has been in my brain for like the last five years, you know, that we're going to talk all about that, like auditing your life and auditing who you're comparing yourself to and, and stuff like that. That's going to be one of the um, little exercises that you'll do. Watch this space, by the way. <laughs> so excited about it. Um, another plug there. But um, yeah, like because 
I do it on social media a lot. And, you know, it was Dr. Kat who got me to do an exercise about unfollowing people and following people. And um, and it, it, it really is a good thing to audit your life in real life and audit your, you know, audit, audit yourself online because why do we compare? Like at the end of the day, it's it's really like we should we don't have to like everyone and we don't have to like what everyone does and we don't have to compare ourselves to everyone but we still bloody do it and it's like oh it's one of the things that stressed me out the most but again it was accepting that i am totally different to everyone else and if and i guess my point was if you want to if you want to unfollow me you can if you're comparing yourself and you know, and constantly on a daily basis from my pregnancy journey, from my life as being a mum, from my career, from this, that, if I'm bringing out negativity in your brain, then unfollow me. And it doesn't mean you dislike me. It doesn't mean that, you know, like, but you need to work on yourself. And it's not, not saying that I'm doing anything wrong. You just need to work on those those things that come up for you and if removing that toxic like you know if i'm being that little toxic trigger then do that do you know what i mean like i definitely unfollow people and then i go follow them later down the track when i've worked on that part of my brain you know like i think that's what we have to do like you've got it you're in control of yourself you know and so i guess that's why like with the whole pregnancy stuff and that i don't i don't want people to compare themselves to me because like I said we're all on our own journey we all have different babies we all have different partners we all have different jobs we all have completely different lives so um yeah don't compare yourself yeah that's important and then when you're auditing and removing people it's important to understand or at least delve into understanding why you feel the way you do when you see that person and when you compare so you understand what's lacking in your life, so you can build that up and get to a point where you can then like re-add someone like you. Yeah, and yeah. Content. Yeah. I've got. Um, yeah, re-add me. Couple questions and then we'll wrap up. <laughs> I just winked at the camera like a creep. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've mentioned a couple times that you use or that you've done some work um, on yourself to get up to that point where you yeah. can wear that bikini, and then you've mentioned that you're still doing a few. Yeah. What are the, some of the modalities or um, exercise methods that you use to manage stress? Um, I think there's a lot, hey. Um, and like I said, I, like I always say to everyone, and I do this in my workshops, I've got workshops, by the way, if you want to come along. Plug <laughs> <They're called>, master. <laughs> they called Shed Your Shit. Um, and there's a lot of self-care practices and stuff because I believe, like, I guess I really struggle with people that... Um, they want to, they reach out to you and they say they want help, but then they're not willing to do the work and they're not being, and they're not willing to be open to other stuff. Like my thing is try everything. It won't all work for you, but try it. And then, you know, you can go, okay, well that didn't really work for me. Cool. Tick box. I'm really proud of myself that I even tried it and went out of my comfort zone. Next thing. What is it? You know, like, don't do exercise that you don't enjoy. Like find something that you like. If you literally just like walking, then walk. Don't worry about doing anything else. Do you know what I mean? So get to a place where you don't feel like you have to do stuff. Like I exercise for my mental health, 
but there was, you know, I was trying to run for years. I hate running. I don't know why I was doing that. Like, do you know what I mean? Why I put my body through that? Because I literally won, run 100 meters and want to like, you know, um, jump, like jump into the ocean and be like, fuck running. Like, you know, when you're and I'm like, why am I doing that? Um, so you need to find things that bring you joy and you need to try things. So my self-care practices are um, meditation. I don't meditate every day. I sh- yes, I should. Shouldn't wear the, use the word should either. But um, because I know it's really good for me and I feel great when I do it. Um, but because my life has been a little bit all over the shop with the baby at the moment, I probably only get to meditate like five times a week. But that's better than nothing. Hell yes. Um, so meditation. And if whenever I say meditation, people always go, oh, like, med- like anyone can meditate even if you have a million thoughts. It's so easy. It's so simple. You can just chuck on a guided meditation two minutes in your car before work, you know, and, and that is brilliant. And you're meditating because you're allowing yourself that time. And then over time, you'll start to create even more and more space. Um, like I said, with exercise, find something that you like. Like I love doing weights. Haven't done them for ages, as you can see. <laughs> um, <laughs> For those on the podcast, you'll have to go to the video on YouTube, but I just flashed my arm like in all the wobbly bits. Um, so I love doing, I love doing weights. I love that. So I do that and I go for walks along the beach, but I don't like walking anywhere else. So that's why we moved to the beach. <laughs> I manifested that and we got there because I used to hate walking just around the neighborhood. I found it boring. So if you find walking boring, don't do it. I know you have to do 10,000 steps, but do it another way. Like, you know, run around your backyard i don't know um but find things that you love and so they're they're things for me it was also um i think really connecting with people again has been a massive turning point for me like i had a big connection with people on the radio but the funny thing is i lost a part of me because i was giving it myself to everyone every day yep and if you ask griffo and my mom and everyone they're like it's like you've been reborn because I now talk to anyone and everyone on the street and I don't have anxiety. I used to have so much social anxiety and I used to worry, will they know me? Will they judge me for something that I've said on the radio? Do they like me? Do they like the other people that I work with and not me? Like there was so many crazy thoughts. And I now love connecting with people and, and being, you know, my, my true, back to my true self. Um, so I think finding things that, you know, and working yourself out and doing the work and listening to podcasts. There's, and people go, oh, but, you know, it costs money to go to yoga. It costs money. No, it doesn't. Go do everything. Everything is free on YouTube. Everything. Everything. Like, you could YouTube everything for your whole entire life. You could learn how to cook. You could learn how to be a podcaster. You could. Everything is on YouTube. So you've got to do the work. So if you're coming to me... For me to just pep you up, yes, I can do that. I'm really good at pump-up speeches and really good about making people feel good about themselves. And you know, um, but you've got to do the work. And so, it's it's educating yourself. And you know, that's what, I, like I said, over the eight years that I've done was like um, being influenced by other people and listening to and taking little bits and pieces. And that's why I say try different things and take little bits from everything. Try different podcasts. Try different, um, you know, this podcast today, people will listen and one person might take one thing away from it. Some people might take nothing and go, fuck, she talked and swore a lot um, and blabbered a lot. And then (laughs) then other people might take 10 things away. Yeah. So just try. 
like just try anything and everything for your own mental health because especially as a mum, you know, Griffo will always say to me, go take time because I find it really hard to leave Memphis. Like I do. I just love being around him and, you know, um, and I just have that connection that I just want to be there. And I think a lot of probably parents feel that. But he, like yesterday, he's like, go do your Pilates. And then I did a quick meditation in the car after Pilates. I did a quick quick 10 minutes because before I knew if I was going to get home that I probably wasn't going to get it done then. So I think you've got to give yourself space. You've got to give yourself time. And especially as a new parent, you... I think sometimes you feel guilty for having that. I think, you know, God, me and Griffo, we're like, we're bad parents sometimes. Like we have a cheeky dart, like that's a cigarette by the way, or, you know, a glass of wine when we've got to go through things with, um, you know, we had to make big decisions in the last couple of months um, with around my career and stuff. Like, so do do, do things that bring you joy. Do you know what I mean? Like obviously don't use alcohol to cope. That's not what I'm saying here, but I've had to get to a point. I had to cut alcohol out of my life. That's a whole other podcast. I cut alcohol out of my life, like obviously while I was pregnant for nine months, but before that for like nearly a six month chunk because I had to find a better relationship with alcohol because I was abusing it when I was anxious, really, really anxious. I'm at a point now where I can have a couple of glasses of wine um, and I'm not using it for medication. I'm using it because I actually quite like the taste of wine. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I like the glass. And so that's, it's finding the things that bring you joy. And I think, you know, um, write that down if you need to like write everything down that brings you joy. And if you feel like you're in such a shitty dark place that nothing is bringing you joy, don't forget to ask for help and to connect with someone and you know and that's a big thing for me like a turning point for me was being open about my anxiety and owning it and understanding it and you know publicly talking about it was the best thing that I ever did and it completely changed my life because it meant that I could put practices into play and have people around me influence me and help me to get where I am today. And, you know, I need people to remember that I was in a really dark, shitty place too. And, I, and you know, we all have shitty moments. Like someone said on my Instagram, I know I've got to wrap this up. Sorry, I'm still blabbering. Um, but um, someone said to me the other day, like I was doing a little Q&A on Instagram because, you know, you can do that. And um, she was like, oh, how do you, how are you so happy? Like, on, and, you know, do you ever get shitty? And I'm like, yeah, like I get, I get shitty. That's the kind of person, you know, like we're human, right? But we need to accept that we have these emotions and feelings. Someone's knocking on the door. <laughs> They're probably like, oh, you've been here two hours. Have we talked for two hours? I don't know. I don't have a time. Shit, I've got it. Oh, my God. I think I spoke for too long again. You're going to have to edit so much. That, that's an important point, though. Like, yeah. That we've, a... got to, we've got to wrap it up. <laughs> um, one more question. Yes. What are you most grateful for right now? Memphis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, like I said, I've learnt so much from him already. He's five months old. And who would have thought, right, that a, that a little baby that can't even speak, he's definitely going to say mum first though, um, that they can teach you so much. And I'm grateful that I didn't have any children before him because he is 
so unique and special in his own personality already. And like, he literally laughs his head off all day. Like he's a pretty happy baby. Oh God, I'm getting emotional again, but I'm grateful for him. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. To wrap up, I want to acknowledge you for making that decision, going through the pregnancy and not, not just going through it and experiencing it, experiencing it yourself, but being willing to be the leader, to go first, to take the arrows from people who aren't comfortable with your radical vulnerability and acceptance yeah. and putting yourself out there in a way where you can take the lead and show people what the real experience of pregnancy is like because yeah. that's important yeah um, and, and thank you, know, you so pe- much some people are lucky some yep. people have a really easy ride during pregnancy My i partner. hate people like oh, i yeah. hate her <laughs> no i don't really um but, you know, who knows, maybe the next one, Griffo, we're having another one. Um, maybe I'll have a really easy pregnancy. Who knows? Manifest that shit, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, it's only nine months. It's only nine months. Fuck, it's really ten months. Did you know that? But anyway, what? that's a whole other topic for another day. Um, thank you. Like I said, I love, I love, love, love what you're doing. And, you know, I really hope that there's some things that we can expand on this year. Like now I'm not committed to a, you know, to a, a breakfast radio show. Like there's stuff that I can do that I've wanted to do for a long time that I just didn't have the time to do. But first and foremost my biggest thing is to just be a mom right now yes yes yeah. and we will work together this year yeah and thank you so much because this is my first thing that i came out to to do like and not that it's work but it feels like i just did some work <laughs> <laughs> thank you buddy <laughs> now before i let you go you beautiful beautiful human I just want to say I hope that you liked that episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please make sure that you share it with your friends, your family, anyone that you think or feel will benefit from listening to the story of vulnerability, the story of courage, the story of overcoming struggle. Now, if you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you already know that you sleep in my fridge, inside joke. And please, if you can, subscribe to us on YouTube or give us that five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever podcast, platform, or app that you use. It'll go a long, long way to helping us make mental health mainstream and getting these stories, these stories of courage, into the mainstream. Thank you all, guys. Ciao.